podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Uh, sadly, it's... Uh, well, not sadly that it's the Blue Room. You know, you all love listening to the Blue Room. Those of you who do get involved <laughs> so often. But uh, sadly, it was an Everton performance that was um, quite dismal to watch. Uh, it's myself, Dave Downey, Rob Vera, and hopefully uh, Patrick Ridd, who is imminently trying to join us anyway. Um, so he will be joining us soon, hopefully. But yes, Newcastle won, Everton nil. Um, really, uh, I think goals goals wise, that's probably how the results is is a fair result. And by that, I think many people who have haven't watched this game or are traveling back from Newcastle, hopefully have a safe, safe trip home back to the northwest tonight. But um, yeah, one nil to Newcastle sounds, I think, quite flattering. Towards Everton, yeah. when when I say, I'll come to you now, Rob. Um, when when I say that it, it finished one nil to Newcastle, um, Everton seemed quite a lot more than one goal away from getting something from that game uh, at St James's Park. Uh, such a frustrating mm. game to watch. Um, I think the game plan, which we'll we'll get into a little bit deeper, but firstly. Just open up with your thoughts on what you thought initially of that game because um, I, I don't think there's any doubt that we deserve to lose that game. Um, we did have a shot on target, uh, and <laughs> I, I think I think I think by by rule, Rob, that if you don't have a shot on target inside what was what was eventually ninety six minutes, then you well, you certainly don't deserve to win it anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope you all. Or I hope everyone is uh, tuning in for this really deep sports analysis here uh, of, <laughs> of, <laughs> of, of uh, you know, the uh, correlation between uh, zero shots on goal to zero goals. But uh, yeah, like uh, one one goal and, and, and the reason it felt so flattering is because if you watched the match, um, Newcastle comfortably outplayed us uh, for the majority of the game and uh, we're we're really unfortunate not to to score at least uh, two more. I, I think that I, I think that um, what's funny is that we have you kind of live by the sword and die by the sword in terms of thin margins sometimes, right, Dave? In that we yeah. uh, we got results uh, this season. We even got some wins this season when. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have the other sides we were playing uh, hit posts, uh, you know, just miss wide open goals. I mean, we are, our, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> our XGA tells a, a story that continues to emerge uh, throughout the season. And the, 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 the thing about that is, is that you can, when things are going well, you can say, well, uh, that just means that uh, we are finding ways to win. We're gritting out a, a result here and there, et cetera. Uh, but the problem with that becomes when your attack completely disappears and then uh, suddenly that fine one goal margin or that that one chance that does go in instead of, you know, bouncing off a post or whatever, uh, it just it starts to haunt you even more. Um but let, like, let's let's just call a spade a spade here. I mean, this was as abject an offensive performance as anything that we saw under Sam Allardyce, uh, anything that we saw under Rafa Benitez. Uh, it was terrible. And there, I think the only real new, I mean, I think the real analysis of this is kind of a choose your own adventure thing, isn't it, Dave? Mm -hmm. Like it's, 
do you want to uh, do you want to attribute this to uh, the the lack of attacking options that, that Frank Lampard has at his disposal? Well, you can certainly do that. I think that a lot of us who are saying that the the transfer window was a disappointment, and and I know that. Uh, early on, uh, people didn't want to hear that, but it, it really, you know, when you consider that that Richarlison was never replaced, and really we, frankly, took a step back in terms of our attacking prowess, uh, especially you know, especially when you consider uh, Calvert Lewin coming off of pretty much a nothing season, uh, bar that that Palace goal. We really took a step back in that regard. If you want to choose the path of Lampard sticking with a, a, a starting 11 or, or essentially the core of a starting 11 that has been completely ineffectual the last few matches, you can do that. Um, if you want to talk about um, the overall uh, tactics, the overall um, lack of what seems like ideas, uh, you can do that. You can choose uh, to, to dip your toes in all three of those pools yeah. if you want to. But the bottom line right now is that I, I can, I'm one of those fans, and I think there are plenty of us out there who can, who can maintain a look at the big picture, right? Which is that we expected to we expected this season and really the bar being pretty low for Frank Lampard is that he keeps us safely mid table while we see progress and development on the pitch. Um, so there are going to be some streaks, uh, that are not really fun to watch. There are going to be some, you know, underwhelming performances and some ugly losses here and there. But I think what we all wanted to see and want to see is that in the midst of what is most likely going to be a mediocre overall season, mm -hmm. signs of actual progress that we can build upon going into season, the full season two yeah. of Lampard yeah. and so on. And I think that's what's most concerning right now is that if anything, uh, it feels like we've taken some steps backward, backward. And I think the question becomes, you know, where does the blame for that go? Uh, and then, of course, the next question is what needs to be done uh, and how soon does it need to be done? Are we talking January? Are we talking yeah. this summer? Uh, and so on and so forth. But yeah, tonight, given given those squads out there, given who Newcastle was missing, especially, um, I expected a little bit more and, and frankly found this pretty underwhelming and, and incredibly disappointing tonight. I, I think the point that you've made there, uh, amongst most of them is that, that sort of really interested me the most was sort of the plan this season or the idea that many of us had behind our, our brains this season was for Everton to consolidate um, a in inverted commas quiet season i.e. like you mentioned uh, mid-table um, I'll come to you oh Patrick's gone off I think he's going to come back on in a second and see if this actually works but Rob, I'll come back to you with this first um, you know finishing mid-table I think um, and I think many people are guilty of it for the right reasons, really, because it, it doesn't actually take much more of uh, changing into a club that is essentially a midfield side. And by that, the way in which we finished the season, um, the transfer window that we had initially um, across the summer, had us all feeling a little bit more positive. A lot of other people, it's it's felt a lot more positive, and that that's great. That's what we all wanted to start this season with is that positive feeling about it. Now, that has uh, transformed itself into either if you are like me watching us, thinking that we're a million miles away from being even a mid-table side right now, 
Um, well, certainly in most aspects of this of this side of this squad of this system, defensively we look a lot lot better. Um, which I, I I think that's probably um, making people feel a little bit more reassured about how last season's problems aren't going to materialise and we're all going to be sitting there towards the end of the season, hoping that we get or begging that we get three points to stay in the Premier League. I'm I'm still I'm still a long way from feeling that way. Um, but what the concern more is for me, and, and Patrick is back on, so I'll go to him in a second. Um, we'll, we'll try him for like the ninth time that he's <laughs> to us. And I think it's, he's going to sound a lot better in a second. But the, um, the, the, the ultimate feeling I have towards this squad right now, um, it's it, like I say, I don't want to go all all knee reaction uh, and, and instantly think, oh, Everton are going to be involved in relegation fights. But it's it's what I think Frank's idea of what he wanted and what we wanted and the way in which Everton play for the large part. Um, well, certainly in the last three games that we've lost all three, we've barely had this. I think we've had two or three shots in, in what is it, 180 minutes? No, it's not. It's more than 270 minutes minimum, isn't it? Um, those frustrations that I'm getting from the team that I'm watching right now trouble me in that what progress are we making and all by and large to me, um, Patrick is defensively. I've been really happy with Cody. I've been really happy with Tarkovsky. By and large, okay with Mikhailenko. I thought he had a stinker tonight, but he wasn't the worst. Mm. Which is quite sad. And obviously, uh, Patterson being out um, for I think it's several more weeks, and and Coleman coming back in when he does certainly does look like he's in the twilight. Um, to be kind. In, in his career as an Everton right back. So um the, there are a lot of things that concern me right now, which I'm trying desperately to stay away from sound. And like I said, like I'm it's an easy reaction and I'm I'm panicking about Everton. I'm I'm far from that, but th- there's a lot of things that are further away from where I thought we would be at this particular stage of the season, which is now eleven games in with just two wins and we're only one point above the relegation zone. Uh, yeah, I hope you can hear me. My um, my Wi Fi. Oh, you're crystal clear. Now, crystal yeah, I've been about, I've been about as potent as um Everton's attack. But yeah, um, <laughs> I think I um, I have yeah, I've been you know generally positive and look out. Yeah, I, I've been a big. We've had a lot between us. Sorry to interrupt you, mate. But we've mm. had these discussions ourselves both privately and um socially on on Twitter, haven't we? About our feelings yeah. towards the way Everton are and. You know, how many times like the, the, the debates we've had, I've, I've been saying that there are maybe more severe issues than many people consider or think that the club's got, that the team's got, that the squad's got. Whereas your your rebuttal to that has been, well, this is still really early stages. We're we're not even we're not here, we're near the third of the way through, I suppose. But um, this this will come good given what we've seen, given who we've signed, um. Tonight, I'm not going to sit here and start saying, "Well, I've, I've told you this was going to happen." I've told and be like an, an old man sitting there pointing his finger at his grandkids. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to try and feel as if I'm that type of person. But tonight must have showed you a lot of concerns. Oh, no, like I've so like I mean, for a few weeks now, I've been like I said, I'm generally behind the whole thing. But I just think from the end of the window onwards, like when we failed to get that creative player in, I was that. I think we massively dropped the ball on that. And look, I know the club tried. I know they were close to a few. 
but trying isn't good enough when we needed that. And it's not even it's not even the fact that we didn't replace Richarlison. Richarlison's not an easy player to replace. There's a reason he's cost sixty million. And okay, maybe he isn't scoring the goals yet at Spurs, but there's a reason Spurs went and got him. There's a reason he cost that much money. Mm-hmm. They don't grow on trees and they definitely don't come to clubs like Everton easily. So the fact is that we did our scouting on players like Kudos, and yet it's hard that we didn't get over the line. I think the Athletic reported that there was a lot of interest in Gakpo, but that probably relied on Gordon yep. going. And yep. and it's thought that that play, ultimately, it's maybe not that quality of play, but we just don't have that type of play. And I think other clubs do. And I just I look at our attack tonight, and it's, it's not just the attack, it's how the team attacks as a whole. I think that's the problem. Generally... You know, the first half an hour tonight, I think Newcastle weren't good tonight. They weren't. They didn't need to be. They did what they needed to do and won a game. And the first half an hour, I don't think Everton had control as such, but we, in the way that you can kind of, like how against Spurs in the first half, we, in a way, we controlled that half in the sense of we didn't give them many good chances. Yeah, it's a a type of thing that happens in, in conventional um, yeah. Premier League away games when yeah. when when it, lower teams go to away ones that yeah, are favourite to the match. You calm it exactly. down for the first twenty first half hour and then go from there. Yeah, I think we did. I think that we did that well, and it's a, ultimately yeah. it's another it's another midfield mistake that's cost us. And the issue is, it's that these midfield mistakes need happening. And look, I don't think it's time to rip everything up, but. Tonight, I think Rob, you, I think it might have been your tweet to Paddy Boyland, uh, you know, who's obviously at St James's Park and about Lampard basically saying we should have had a penalty for Gordon. Now, look at the time, I actually thought it was, but then as soon as the replays showed, he's, he's gone down really without any contact. And I, I think it's clutching at straws. I really think it's reaching for that. And ultimately, Lampard needs to start shouldering some responsibility now because. Yeah, we can't blame him for the decisions that the players make on the pitch. And ultimately, we need, the only way that changes, I do believe this is better players in those positions. We need better than Damari Bay. We need better than Anthony Gordon. But we also start, we need to start seeing some patterns of play, some ways of creating chances until we get to January. And then hopefully we can put, you know, then the onus is on that Kevin Thelwell to go and get that player that we didn't get in the summer. Um, so I'm like you, Dave, there. I've got to say, like, I'd have thought 11 games in. And the annoying thing is that I think the progress was there. And I was at the Man United game and it, it just felt so flat. And the worry was is we can't go on a good we can't go on that run now where we did last season, you know, where, where it suddenly gets all down in the dumps. And I think the fans will will stay relatively positive. But tonight doesn't help when you're not showing anything. When the players I don't think they're lazy. I don't think they didn't try. I just don't think they're very good. And I think we've got a manager unfortunately who he can set up a team pretty well, I think. But when it comes to actually changing things, when it comes to having an impetus, sometimes he lacks. And I think we saw that tonight because the first first 25 minutes of the second half, we did control that game. We had 90% possession for the 15 minutes from half time to um, the 60th minute. Amazon showed that. And we didn't do anything with it. We had that half chance for Iwobi, then he should have done better. And that was a one time Gray kind of ran at that, you know, ran to the byline. So. In that moment there, I mean, my dad was fed up when I was screaming for it and probably rightly so, but I, I, I think that's when you need to make a change. That's when you need to be mm-hmm. proactive. James Garner, that's when he can come on and hopefully help push us up the pitch because, look, we don't know a lot about him, but what we do know is he's a progressive passer. He gets the ball forward and he's got a really good delivery on him. Mm-hmm. And we had Calvert-Lewin on the pitch at that time and then it just felt like he's always waiting and waiting and waiting and then Newcastle managed to get a bit of a foothold again in the game. Then that injury happened and they make their changes, we make ours and it's suddenly just one of them that it's like, 
it's just an end to end thing again, yeah. and you know, yeah. without us really having any threat. So, but yeah, we do. We definitely do need to make see signs of progress now. Um, and we're not asking for free flow and attacking football. We're just asking for some kind of semblance of right. Mm-hmm. How how are we getting the ball from our goal yeah. to their goal as quickly as possible while staying in a relatively compact shape? And I just think there's a tendency to overcomplicate things. I think we've got players who overcomplicate complicate things. Damari Gray overcomplicates things. He's yeah. really fast and he's really skillful. Run to the line and get a ball in. That's all you need to do. But he's always stopping. He's always cutting back. Anthony Gordon, the things that he was good at last season when he came through was that energy and that aggression and that drive. He didn't take on Dan Byrne once tonight. No, lost. We don't help. Lost. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And mm. it doesn't help that, you know, we're, we're pinging diagonals to a lad who's what, five foot 10 mm. to play against, to try and win, you know, win, win headers against a giraffe at left back. It's not going to happen, <laughs> but Spot we on. didn't. You just have know, the two points you've made there just to, yeah. just to throw to Rob for a sec. Um, because obviously there's a lot to unpack from tonight, and so we'll try and try and make it a little bit of a micro type of um, yeah, uh, chat about this. There's two directions that I think feel like I take this podcast in. Um, one of them is how much you throw towards Frank Lampard, i.e., his substitutions or lack of at certain points in in games have driven me crazy for the last three games. Um, obviously. The caveat that comes with that with any manager is, is that down to him or is it down to the changes he's making and the players not showing up for what he essentially is wanting to do? And the other side of this is you basically have, have put it in a bit of a nutshell there. What does what does an Everton goal look like these days? And I, I don't think I've got an answer for it. The substitution he did make, just to continue on that line for a second, you know, it, it, it went back to exactly how we ended up playing against Spurs, I felt. And that was having a toothless attack with a striker who's like you say five foot eight, and we're still trying to ping that. Look at look even going from the, you know the start of this rock when you when Everton get the ball from the back and and Pickford's rolled it out to Cody or to Tarkovsky who love 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 the biggest thing they love more than probably winning headers and tackles and going through players is playing massive diagonals or straight straight line balls whoever's up front towards our players. Them two doing that to a five foot eight forward as um, mm. as enthusiastic as he is. And I'm trying to be kind about Mopai because I, I I initially had an issue with him with us signing him anyway, particularly for the amount we paid given how restricted we were in terms of finances. But to bring him on just makes us go backwards a little bit. And now whilst I understand that Calvert Lewin's still not fit enough to finish ninety. When when he what what what's Frank Lamp what's in Frank Lampard's mind is and obviously you won't be able to answer this so I don't think you'll be able to answer this anyway um as much as I love your your uh, your take on this you know you're bringing on a player that essentially didn't do anything other than get yellow cards and threw his body about against uh, against Spurs somebody who does have attributes that are going to help this side out. I'm not trying to overly criticise this fella, but to put him on. I'm, I'm, and then, obviously, I think many people who, who, who are supporting him right now would then say, well, what else could we do, Dave? What, who else can yeah. we put on there that's going to play up front on their own? Um, well, but that's what you keep running that. into, isn't it? I mean, we exactly right. Exactly. have a bunch of bad, bad answers to tough questions. Yeah. Uh, and I was even sitting there, Rob, thinking... Throwing on it up there for the last 10, 15, 
at least he can win a head to head. Yeah, you know. and by the way, if if you're not that I totally fundamentally reject that idea just because I think Onana's the type of player with his size and just the chaos he creates that I wouldn't mind that. But the fact it's that you're talking about, about putting complaining about <laughs> Yeah, but the but the fact that you're talking about uh you know that you have that you have three strikers in this squad and you're talking about throwing Onana up there uh is it, it speaks to how poor your poor the quality of your options well, actually is right now. And, and, and look, Calvert Lewin wasn't making it through 90. Uh, some would argue based on that display that he really barely made it through 70. Um, I don't really, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what to make of what Calvert, like I want the old Calvert Lewin back. And there's, there's this, this gnawing feeling I'm starting to get that, that there's something something up that that just I, I don't know that we're gonna get him back and that scares me because this thing really needs him to eventually get back into you know get back to fitness but look Neil Mope um Neil Mope is better when you play the ball into his feet but you have you know as much as I love um the um uh, the Connor Cody diagonal play uh, you, you know, it's a nice party trick, but you can't, you can't make an entire attack out of that. And eventually after it's gotten on film enough times, um, other sides figure, figure out, uh, what you have and what you don't have. And, and when you have a very, uh, you know, singular dimensional attack, I mean, it's, it, it's a very limiting factor and, and it really does hurt. I, I think that right now, the 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 talk about replacing Richarlison, I think, is sometimes oversimplified. I I I don't I don't think it simply means well. Why didn't we get a Richarlison a Richarlison level player? As if it's easy to just push yeah. a button and do that. I I understand that, but to not get anyone to yeah. to basically say, don't worry, we've got Anthony Gordon, uh, who is showing more and more week by week that he is not even in the same universe of filling the shoes of someone like Richarlison. So fine. Let's say you can't do, you can't get one, you know, huge player that for 40 million, uh, like Richarlison, then get, then sign two guys, sign, you know, figure yeah. out something. Now I understand also that money is, is a big part of this and that there are still financial considerations in play, but by all accounts, Everton were making late bids for players. It felt increasingly and the more you look at this and 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 again this only becomes an issue when you have week you know ga several games in a row where you don't get a shot on goal where you start to say huh it's almost as if we sold Richarlison and didn't really have a plan in place to <laughs> replace some of those goals and that does I I look I'm happy with the overall additions but to me I, 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 I think it's easy to say this today and Pat, you know, Patrick and, and Dave, like, I think that you, I think that when you are building a squad, you can't just sign young players. You can't, you don't have money to sign all these high dollar players. And there have to be a mix of, you know, sort of KG veteran players who have played uh, in this league for a long time, like Tarkovsky and Cody and so on. But let's get real here for a second, guys. Other than Amadou Onana, we signed Amadou Onana and a bunch of reclamation projects or retread players. That's what we did. And there's no, like, I think Connor Cody is probably, to me, the most surprisingly good of those. I 
think Tarkovsky has made a lot more mistakes than he's been punished for in terms of the of the actual results. Our our, yeah. our expected goals against is not great, and I think that that is not just on Tarkovsky. I think that our defense in general, Dave, that you say you feel like you're really encouraged about, I'm far less encouraged about just because of what it looks like right now and the fine margins. I think I fear that we're due for a four nil drubbing here pretty soon. But what I would say is that I maintain that the longer they play together, the more consistency of selection, the better it will it should generally be in terms of the defense, but the attack. And this is the one thing, Pat Patrick, that I will take on, um, you know, take issue with mm. what you said. Um, saw a lot of this tonight that Onana's giveaway deep in the deep in the Newcastle half is the total reason why Newcastle scored. Newcastle had to work it all the way back down the pitch and work it through our defense to get that goal. And to say that it's all on Onana without oh, while letting everyone else off the hook is to me a wild oversimplification of what that goal was. And so oh, no, yeah, I, I, well. I, mean, I just think, think that we are, we, I think that we are sometimes very prone as Everton fans to both easy solutions and easy diagnoses yeah. of problems. And really, I think to get back to my original point, Dave, that the problem was problems we're seeing with Everton are multi multi-dimensional. We have, a, we had a recruitment failure in the summer and we have some coaching issues right now, some development issues, and these things have to get better. But the only things that can be improved between now and January are what Frank Lampard can control. And, and obviously the players taking some, some, some uh, accounts uh, in terms of, of their, you know, some responsibility in terms yeah. of their performances. Yeah. I know Patrick, you're going to come in now, but just, just to on, on the Rob's point there, um, in terms of the goal we conceded, was a disagree that had me. Which, which, by the way, Dave, when you have no shots on goal, I don't want to focus too much on the one goal we allowed because <laughs> you know we we weren't going to win that game with no shots. On goal. Oh yeah, yeah, and 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 the, the, just a couple of things I wanted to to iron out my view on that before I'll um, I, I'll let it pass it go away now. Um, in terms of what he needs wants to say, and um, before we wrap things up, but. The, the 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 real issues that I'm I'm taking away from this match is is Frank Lampard's idea of what this is what what's going to change when he makes these substitutions, i.e. going back to the first point I made about Mopai coming on for Harvard Lewin in turn at the same time we put McNeil on, who essentially we bought him to cross the ball. We brought him on and taken off the player that he was bought to essentially cross the ball yeah. to. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. And going to what you said there about um, Onana for their goal, Rob, just to touch on it, was when I started absolutely losing my shit on Abyssa Gay. Because um, he, he basically just strolls over towards yep. Almiron, who scores a really... I mean, it's a top-class finish, let's be fair. He, I've, I've even seen some people kicking off about... <laughs> Pickford not saving. I don't think that's mm. saving. Well, to be fair, it goes that. I'd say no. He didn't. He didn't dive high enough. It, it yeah, there, there were multiple authors of that goal, Dave. Let's be clear. Oh, yeah, like, the, the, the way, Pickford could have been better. A gay could have been better. Onana could have been better. The defense certainly could have been better. I mean, it's it is a combination well, of things. Well, I sure. said at the I said at the time it felt like Almiron could have stood there with that ball for a while before he even decided to shoot. Um, that we we don't seem to have that with this midfield trio. The uh, just a few weeks ago, I was drooling over, thinking this is going to look really, really good with the Wobie 
Nana and Varna. Um, now I'm I'm looking at it. I'm screaming, saying, "Why is Frank Lampard just? Does he feel like it's not you're not allowed to put substitutes on at half time? It's almost like, it, and, and and I presume I'm I'm right in what I say here. When they go off at half time, he gives them an absolute bollocking, tells them what he wants to see, and then says, "Right, let's see what it's like for 15 minutes, and then I'll make a sub if they're not listening to me." That that that's just not going to work it up for us, is it? That's not that's not going to click for us. Um, because it, it, well, it's happened several times and it hasn't changed much whatsoever to the point where on this, I'm I'm further biting my nails off when we're crossing the ball into like you referred to when he first came on, Patrick with the uh, with with, with Mopi, and I'm like, I, I you know I go back to it once again and question that I ask all of our listeners who, who have listened to this, you know, what is an Everton goal supposed to look like when you've got a lad who's so short playing up front? Do we play it nicely through the deck? I think the irony but, was that at points in the second half when we did start controlling the ball, we had a lot of possession. Um, well, yeah, we're trying, is, to, we're trying to get out. Trying to get out to Gray. We're trying to get it out to Gordon. Who mm. I think there's a, there's a lot of deeper issues going on with Anthony Gordon right now. But th- this was happening. They were trying to drive forward. They were trying to play neat little one twos and whatnot. That that didn't come off, and I was like, all right, maybe fair play. That's what he's wanting to see. But then, obviously, inevitably, you get to that position where you're just essentially trying to get the ball forward to a striker as quick as you possibly can. Yeah, well, I think this is the thing. It's like we so, so by the way, just just quickly on the on the goal, Rob. I, I totally agree, and it's a bit like the Awobi, uh, right. the Man United second goal. It's like you know, Awobi. I don't. I think Awobi probably picks his battles wrong in that case because he's going up against Casemiro, who's you know the best in the world at what he does. But. Um, Doing that twenty yards into United's half shouldn't result in United scoring. Doing what Onana did, and I actually put down, you know, a, a, another culpable player in that goal is Gray because Gray is alongside Onana and makes no movement at all. He could run in behind, he could ask for the ball, and he literally, if you watch it back, if you can bear it, he just stands there on the touchline. There's no movement. So Onana, so the lack of off ball movement is is, is it's, making me crazy, isn't it? It's, it's dreadful. It's so crazy, and, and I, I do think. As much as you can teach, as much as you can coach, that comes naturally to some players, and we haven't got them. And again, yeah. it comes back to recruitment. On what Dave mentioned there, I thought it was a really interesting point. How Lampard probably went in at halftime and you know gave them a seat, you know, talking to and wanted to see more in the second half. Well, I think he probably he probably got what he wanted in the second half. He got control, but the issue is, is he didn't then realise that okay, it's control without any threat. There was that one half chance for a for a Wobie, as we mentioned, and other than that, we were playing some nice balls, we were playing some nice passes and one twos, but they didn't go anywhere because we didn't have anybody. We weren't high enough up the pitch in numbers. If you notice, when we got up the pitch, we was we were so wide. We had Calvert Lewin in the middle. We had Gordon thirty yards to the right and Gray thirty yards of twenty yards to the left, and there's so much space between them. There's no time for interplay until the midfielders get up there, and by that happens, all it takes is one loose ball and Newcastle can break. So there's again, there's there's no element of there was control without any threat, and if we tried to have some threat, we lost control. And again, that this is where the subs and the tactics maybe you know probably do come into it. Um, and then with Calvert Lewin and Morpey, I just feel like we we played it wrong. It's like we spent the entire match while Calvert Lewin was on trying to get him in behind for one on ones with Pope. Right. Who and, and we know full well that Calvert Lewin's best attributes aren't his one on one finishing. As soon as Calvert Lewin went off, which I, I think he probably had to, he, he did look goose. I think it was a plan, and look, we can't yeah. we can't push him too far. We then start crossing it in to try and get Morpe on the ball instead of playing Morpe 
in behind. And I know he's not the quickest, but he, like I said, the, the Morpé goal is that he wants the ball into feet like he did against West like Ham. West Ham, yes, exactly. Yeah, and that's how you've got to play. And it's like we, it's like we've. It's like you've got one striker and you're like, right, but we're going to play to the opposite striker's strengths. And then when the other striker come on, it's like we're going to lump it. And like Anana went forward for two or three minutes after that. And it's like, OK, well, maybe we're just going to have to go that way. And it's like, well, if you're going to go that way, commit to it. And the other thing he got badly wrong, I think, Lampard tonight is taking Iwobi off. And look, Iwobi wasn't brilliant by any means, but... I, like I said, I think James Garner needed to be on. I just don't know why. Man, we've, we've we've literally only got like ninety seconds or so left here on the on the on yeah. the, on the pod. Um, just on that, both of you, obviously, twenty seconds each max. Let tell me what you want to see. Palace in a couple of days' time. James Garner, you you mentioned there, Patrick has to come into this side for me. He comes in for a, just a day, in my opinion. And then you would go back to the rest of the side that we saw tonight, even though I think there were certainly others, i.e. Mikhailenkov, I think, had problems. Uh, I think Seamus did as well. Patterson, but that can't be helped, can it? I mean, he, he's going to have to play right back. Um, put Holgate at right back. Put put Holgate at right back. Well, Vinagra's there as well, who we've yet to see much of. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just um, again. You, that's the point is we're we've got a lot of bad, a lot of very bad answers to some very tough problems, right? Exactly now. right. That's yeah. it. I mean, this was this was like an inquest more than anything else. Really, this podcast wasn't <laughs> even actually talking about the positives. Well, yeah, I think that we're the possession we had, we win the ball back quite well for I'd say I don't know maybe twenty five half an hour. And then it looked really comfortable for Newcastle. Let's say we haven't had a shot on target. That is quite shameful. And um, I, I hope Lampard, Paul Clement, and the rest of the massive goal are back to training from tomorrow, first thing in the morning, basically, and trying to sort this out. But um, Palace, I said on Twitter, this was looking to feel a little bit more like the one that we simply had to win a few months ago to stay in the Premier League. Obviously, I'm not going that far uh, yet. But um, I. I, I, I'm hating the thought of this World Cup and the more of the way Everton are playing right now, particularly in the last three games, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't mind just having a break for a while, to be fair. <laughs> Less than one minute left. Um, Rob, prediction, weekend, what are you saying? Um, I think Garner should come in. Uh, you play. You may have to play Onana a little further back, uh, even though I know that that'll still be fluid, but we just simply have to have more attack and creation uh, or else we're just going to see more of the same. Um, yeah. I, I think we can get a result this weekend, but I mean, I've got to see shots on goal before I can start predicting wins. Patrick, quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for the KG one nil, but echo what Rob says. Garner needs to come in. We need some control and maybe che- tweet the shape or just tweet the personnel in there. Push your be up. We need to do something. Yeah, it's uh, well, I think sweet is a different word than what we do or probably use for Everton's game tonight. One will defeat at Newcastle. Third consecutive defeat in the Premier League is one point above the relegation zone, but things are quite tight in the middle of the Premier League right now. It's Crystal Palace again on Saturday. Uh, we all know what happened last time. I think Everton are looking for that. Really needs to happen again. Uh, by that, I mean three points. Um to sort of get some momentum back going. There are some decent things. There are some really, really um, poor things that need to be addressed, I think. And as you know, we'll be covering everything up towards the weekend and beyond on the Blue Doom. Um, the way in which this these weeks work, you know, by now, because we've got had three games in the space of uh, a week, then, you know, there's still bagfuls of content on the Blue Doom from Matt, from myself, from the whole group of guys. 
uh, and ladies who we get involved with on the Blue Room. Be sure to tweet us at the Blue Room EFC. Be sure to message us the Blue Room at the Blue Room EFC.com if you want to have any messages, thoughts, ideas. We're always open to get people on this show. If you fancy it, do drop us a message. Drop me a message on Twitter at DavidDiving17. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening uh, as frustrating as it was tonight. Up the toffees and let's hope things get better against Crystal Palace on Saturday. We'll speak to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.